In August of 1980 in Warsaw, Poland, there was uh, a, a steel mill and Poland at that time was occupied by uh, the Communist Party. And these steel mill workers barricaded themselves in and went on strike and refused to continue the operation, which put a real dent on uh, you know, the communist belief that they were the, the voice of the workers. And what was interesting though is a few of the workers uh, is kind of escaped out and went to talk to the Cardinal Archbishop. And an interesting request said, can you send us a priest to celebrate mass on Sunday? So the Cardinal saw this as a great opportunity because it was very much seen as uh, the steel mill was uh, basically a fortress of communist rule and no priest which would go and celebrate mass there because it was, that's just antithetical to communism to have faith. So the Cardinal Archbishop sent uh, a young priest, only about 32 or so, uh, Father Jerzy Popolushko. And he, Father Jerzy went in there and when he arrived, the people all started cheering and he was looking around trying to figure out what are they cheering for? They had no idea and then he was only able to later realize they were cheering for him. He was assigned to St. Stanislaw Church in Warsaw, not too far away from the steel mill. And it was from that strike, that protest that they made at the steel mill, that uh, the Solidarity Labor Union was formed. The only and first labor union that was legal in any communist country. And they gained a lot of traction. They eliminated all censorship uh, there in Poland. They got fair uh, wages for workers. They did all these incredible things, but they gained a little too much traction too quickly. And what ended up happening is as the people were getting more of a voice, Moscow didn't like that. And so they replaced the civilian government with a military government and put them under martial law. And in one night, they cut off all communications throughout the country. They uh, uh, arrested 5,000 Solidarity Union members. Uh, they used scare tactics. They had tanks throughout the cities, everything, to uh, just suppress the people. And that military rule, that martial law continued. It wasn't as if like we had one night of martial law. That continued throughout for many years. But what was incredible was Father Jerzy became uh, the chaplain for this essentially underground movement out there. So they was, solidarity was legal. It was a legal union. And then they had to go underground to continue to promote that solidarity, that love between brothers. And they, underground Father Jerzy as their chaplain, he would celebrate masses at the end of every month at St. Stanislaw for, uh, the, for the country, for Poland. And when he would, they would all gather in prayer, they would take a crucifix with them, and at the end of Mass, they would all raise their crucifixes as they would pray. And he continued to preach just this uh, non-violent resistance to the communism, to continue to preach that there should be no anger or resentment in their hearts, that they must continue to remain in their dignity given to them by God. And as this continued, so the first, you know, it was a full church, and then there would be people outside. And then next thing you know, there's tens of thousands of people gathered every single month to the point where they would have to fight past uh, militia from the state 
with water cannons and lead batons and all sorts of things just to get to this mass because they were trying to block it off. They didn't want people to attend this mass, but they did continually. And throughout the years, they would, uh, over the next uh, probably two or three years, continue to use scare tactics to stop them from having these masses for try to identify who these solidarity underground movement workers were. And the homilies from Father Jersey would be spread throughout underground um, uh, news networks. And they would be translated and sent throughout Eastern Europe and through the West telling people that their dignity is given by God and they should not give in to fear or hatred. Eventually, Father Jerzy became the single greatest threat probably to communism, or at least one of the greatest threats. And so the communists did the only thing that they knew that they could do. They had a few people kidnap him one night after probably about a year of continuous threats and uh, interrogations and uh, bullies trying to beat him. Um, they eventually kidnapped him and they murdered him. But here's how I know that his message to the people came out true. You see, when they killed him, the people didn't turn to violence or hatred. They went to their churches to pray. They had one million Pol uh, Polish people gathered at his funeral and they walked in silent procession. Not once do they give in to hatred? They knew that their dignity came from God and that there was nothing that the Communist Party could do to take that away. They knew that their relationship with the Lord was important above all things. I truly believe that Father Jerzy's story is, uh, emulates perfectly our gospel today. That we must first love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and that we must love our neighbor as ourself. Because that's these two things are inseparable. We can't remove one or uh, take one away. However, one flows from the other. You see, our love of neighbor flows from our relationship with God. And it's most important to keep it in that way. And I'd like to share an acronym with you all. It's called uh, RIM, R-I-M, Relationship, Identity, and Mission. Because it's from our relationship with God who then in turn gives us our identity, gives us our dignity, and then that in turn gives us our mission to go out and to love our neighbor. But it must be in that order, always starting with our relationship. But all too often we try to flip it around and we try to, make, we try to live in what's called mirror, where our mission determines our identity and our identity then forms our relationship with God. Now what happens if we're living in mirror? If my mission fails, if I struggle in my mission, then who am I? I'm a failure. I struggled, I tried, and I failed. It's a direct attack on my identity. And then, then for my relationship with the Lord crumbles and falls apart. It's only when we're, our relationship with the Lord is put in priority that we're able to know what it means to love because we receive that from the source of all love himself. And it's very difficult to uh, have that relationship because to, to love means being vulnerable. And it's not easy to be vulnerable with another person and it's not easy to be vulnerable with God. To stand before the Lord 
and bear everything to him. Because to be vulnerable means that I'm opening myself up to potentially be hurt. When we're vulnerable, we open ourselves uh, up to all sorts of possible pains, but we have to trust, and that's the important thing. We have to trust in the Lord. We have to be able to trust in him that he doesn't desire anything less than our utmost dignity and to love us. And then he again gives us that dignity, our identity, and then we were able to go out. And when the Lord fills our identity and we go out on mission, then we don't strain ourselves, we don't empty ourselves completely. We don't end up in our mission feeling empty and dead inside because we're constantly being renewed by the Lord. Father Jerzy in 2010 became Blessed Jerzy Popolusko beatified by Pope Benedict XVI for all the work that he did, which eventually helped to bring about the fall of communism in Poland. There's a great movie documentary on Amazon Prime for free. It's called The Messenger, Messenger of Truth. And I highly recommend to anyone, it's a 90-minute documentary, but really goes through his life and what was happening there in communist Poland. So I highly recommend it. But we have to always remember that if we're truly going to be able to love our neighbor and care for our neighbor, we must have that relationship with the Lord. We can't neglect that relationship for those around us. And how would, uh, how would your relationship with the Lord look like if you compared it to your relationship with the people around you, with your spouse, with your children, with your parents, with your friends, your coworkers? Do you take the time to make that authentic relationship with the Lord? to speak openly to God, to allow the Lord to speak back to you that word of truth of your true God-given identity and dignity? Or is my relationship with the Lord something that is kind of set to the side? Where is your relationship with the Lord now? That's the, kind of the challenge for today, to, be able to listen to the voice and to turn to as the example of Blessed Jerzy Popolushko to be able to have that in proper order so that way we might stand as brothers and sisters in solidarity to help our neighbor.